Hello, time travelers. Welcome to the Aging Journey podcast, an actual play podcast where we go back in time and play RP games themed around time and growing up in a variety of systems. I am your game master, Tanya, and this is The Red Bridge, a children's fantasy adventure using the kids on bike system inspired by works such as The Phantom Tollbooth, Alice in Wonderland, Jumanji, and The Wizard of Oz. We are playing Kids on Bikes, a tabletop role-playing game that allows players to explore a mysterious and supernatural world set in a small town during the 1980s and 90s. Our players embody characteristics called tropes and roll dice based on their brains, brawn, fight, flight, charm, and grit. The higher the stat, the better their skill. Each player has a top stat where they roll a d20 and a bottom stat where they roll a d4. In this game, dice explode, where if you roll the maximum on a die, you get to roll again, infinitum. Our players for this campaign were made from scratch and tropes are custom. There may be mature content depicted in our gameplay, but the players and I are using safety tools and all content warnings will be in the description below. You can listen to the audio of the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, or the Aging Journey website, or watch it on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter, join our Discord, or support us on Patreon. All links will be in the description. Also, don't forget to subscribe. Well, I think that wraps up the spiel. Enjoy the journey. Hello everyone, and welcome back to today's session. Today we are doing our solo plays for Juke and Willow. And today we are following Juke, who is himself hanging out at Creek Middle School, well, perhaps not hanging out, for you are actually sitting in a pretty sad, disparate room. It's the, even though it's nice and sunny outside, the windows are kind of closed, the uh, door is closed and locked, you're sitting in a fairly cold and sterile room that really just has you in a really uncomfortable seat and you're staring at a blank blackboard with the huge words that write detention on them. Juke, as you kind of sit there, what are you thinking? I'm thinking about the person or people who kind of got me into this trouble and kind of thinking about my image, my uh, my social standing and is this situation going to going to pay off for me in the end mm-hmm. you are sitting in this room alone there is no teacher at the moment the person who brought you in here a mr randolph you are familiar with him he runs one of the classes he runs the history class and he is the one that sat you here made sure you were comfortable, let you know that he'd be, you know, wandering out around the building if you needed anything. But he left about 30 minutes ago. Your detention is going to be four hours, which is a long time seeing as how this was kind of impromptu. And so they didn't really have anything for you to do. Do you have any homework? Do you have any things to get ready? What are you doing as you sit here in detention all by yourself? That's a long detention. Yeah. I think I definitely have homework that I should probably be doing, but right now I'm just kind of kicked back in my chair with like two pencils in my hands drumming on the desk. Of course. 
this is, it's still daylight outside, but classes ended for the day and the birds are chirping. It's a beautiful day outside. Sometimes you can kind of hear people like in the back recreational area, maybe practicing, you know, for soccer or something. Really wish you could be outside right now instead of in this stuffy room, but here you are. And for an unnecessarily long time. It's been a while since you've been in detention. It, you've pretty much kept your head down for quite some time now, but what was the situation that got you here today? So I'm thinking this is maybe like last fall. Mm, okay. Does that seem like a, the right time frame? Sure. And this school year, I've decided that I want to kind of change... I want a different group of friends to hang out with and I want to be one of the cool kids. And in trying to get that, I maybe covered for somebody when I shouldn't have. So I didn't actually do whatever it is that I'm in detention for, but I said that I did it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what that was. <laughs> okay. Well, when you confessed to something you didn't do, what do you think the reaction was like the staff or a teacher would they have believed you right off the bat or would this be out of character definitely out of character for anybody who knew me during the past couple of years of middle school because i have definitely been like you said the kid who just keeps his head down and doesn't really maybe isn't noticed that much mm -hmm. but i mean if, if it wasn't like my teachers directly or anything like that they were probably just it, i just look like some punk kid so maybe it's not that hard to believe mm -hmm. so the teacher that is responsible for the detention for today it kind of rotates it really depends on whoever the administration puts in charge but the teacher who's in charge of that today is unaware of you you mm -hmm. may have taken the history class that he runs but he doesn't remember you and you don't really remember him he doesn't he didn't really have any advice for you. He just told you that this is how long you need to be here. You know, keep quiet, stay in the room, let him know if you need to run to the restroom or not, but don't wander. And then he closed the door and you have been sitting here for 45 minutes now, just doing nothing. Ouch. Mm -hmm. Probably at that point, like if there's no sign of this teacher coming back, I'm, I'll probably like get antsy and get up and walk around, look out the window, like stretch my legs a little bit. Mm -hmm. yeah, you take a stroll around the room. It's a big old square box, nothing of interest inside because it's just classroom chairs and desks. You look out of the windows there. It's lined with windows. It's a really nice, bright room, even though it, it also seems a little gloomy. And you look out some of the windows on the left-hand side of the room and you can kind of see like the front lawn perfectly manicured and the sun beaming in. It's about mid-afternoon, so like before 2 p.m. Um, so the sun's going to be up still for a while. Uh, and you could have been doing a lot of cool stuff outside. But it is fairly empty in the front lawn. Then as you walk around the room, you get to the back windows. And those actually show the side building or the side of the building where, based on where this room is and where the windows are. And here you can kind of glimpse like the side of like the recreation area. 
So it's like a little soccer field and a little baseball mat that you can kind of see from afar. And you can kind of see some kids are playing around further in the back of that lawn. And then as you continue to walk by those windows, you get to the other side of the classroom. And there, it's just windows that look out to the hallway. So the hallway of the elementary school or the middle school is pretty sparse. It's long because it this entire building is kind of a huge rectangle. And then you don't see anything or anyone. And even when you look out of the doors and you look out the window of the doors, you can even open that door and look out. It seems eerily quiet. Can I ask Willow a question? Yeah. What does the sticker that you stuck to the window right here look like? It's probably like a little little characters on a shirt. It's probably like one of those, but it's like just the stickers of them. Nice. Yeah, other than that, it's probably like flowers and stuff. You said, can I help him? Is that what you said? Can I help him? What? No. Okay, it's not like you said. Okay, so what are you doing? I just kind of look around for a minute, and despite being in in detention right now, Juke is like really averse to breaking rules. Mm -hmm. So kind of like peek out the door a little bit and then probably go back to his seat where he's supposed to be. You open the door and kind of peek out at the eerily quiet hallway. Kind of look left, kind of look right. You don't see anything. A little boring, but nothing you can do. I mean, you did say that you did whatever it was that was done. So you kind of need to be in detention. There are another set of windows on the other side of the hallway. So now you can see out of the west lawn of this school. And that one is, it actually buds up against a little bit of wooded area. And you're kind of just looking at the tree line as you're kind of just looking at the window, kind of bored. At first, nothing really catches your eye. But then as you're kind of standing there, you kind of feel your eyes getting very like dry. And so you kind of blink a few times. And in between those blinks, you could have sworn you saw someone very familiar running through the woods. Willow? Did you say it was Willow or are you talking to Willow? Based on the flash you saw, the only person you thought of was Willow. Oh, okay. That's not really that weird. Kind of like heave a sigh and then go sit back down. Maybe get out some homework to half-heartedly work on. You sit down, an hour goes by as you work on homework. Uh, Two hours go by as you work on homework. And finally, it's like five minutes to the time where your detention is up. It has been a long four hours. Yeah. But you're done. All right. I probably like wait around even a little bit after that, thinking that like the teacher's supposed to come back or something like that and eventually get up and pack my stuff up and go. That is the assumption. Yeah. You actually expect him to come back because you do remember that he said he would come back and dismiss you. Oh, okay. But no one comes. Yeah. Then I'll leave and probably be like feeling like a little bit like I'm being rebellious, but I'm probably just like, doing the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. You begin to pack up. And as you kind of stand up, you're now a little bit more focused on what's going on around you. And you realize that all of the sounds of like the children and things have 
gone away at this point. So it's been four hours. So they probably left, you know, probably like an hour ago. And now the sun is finally a much more dim as it turns from, you know, early afternoon to late afternoon. But you walk out into the hallway and you are now in the hallway. It looks like a normal school. It doesn't look very interesting. It's pretty drab, but it is a middle school. So it's also like both very colorful and also very sterile. <laughs> trying to be that at the same time, very clean and, and nice, but also try to have some pizzazz. So it's mainly like very clean walls, very clean floors that are like polished linoleum, it looks like, but there are like really colorful things on the walls. So like the bulletin boards have like a lot of color on them and things like that. But as you are out in the hallway now, the front door is around this area where like where the stairs are. Mm -hmm. And so you can make your way there. Right there on the other side of the doors are the, I guess you could call them offices, but not really. It's more of like the teacher's lounge. Okay. There is an office on the other side of the teacher's lounge that you know to be someone you know very well, who is actually the principal of the school. She's a very nice, like older woman who you have talked with several times. And she seems to really see that you are trying your best. And so far, you know, you've only had a couple of interactions with her this year. Um, because she's been very busy with a lot of the stuff that's happening for the festival that's coming up in the next like two months or so, a couple of months. But as you walk past that room, you sort of hear some muttering and you think it's a male's voice. So you're thinking it's probably the history professor who forgot about you. Uh, is there like a window in the door that I could peek into? In the door? Yes, there is. All right. I'll take a peek. Not entirely sure if I want to be noticed or not. Sure. You take, you kind of look in, into the door, and indeed you do see the history teacher. He is, he's kind of pacing back and forth. He has a phone, but it's obviously a landline. So he's kind of getting coiled up in the coil as he kind of walks back and forth. And these walls are not 100% soundproof, but they're pretty well like insulated. There are a bunch of children running these halls. So you can kind of hear what he's saying, but you can't catch absolutely everything he's saying. But from what you can see, he seems extremely agitated and nervous. And he's pacing back and forth on this phone. And then at some point he kind of stops and you can see him gesturing with his hands like very like vigorously as if he's angry at the phone. Okay. I'm going to like wait at the door for a minute, like thinking if he finishes his call, I might knock and just tell him that I'm leaving. If he keeps talking, I'll probably just leave. You stand there for a couple of moments. And indeed, as he goes from like anxiety to anger to back to anxiety, he finally just goes over to the table where the phone is sitting and he slams it down. And he sort of just leans over the table trying to collect himself. And then he sort of stands up kind of reorganizes his vest because he's wearing a vest and turns to the door. He looks like he's about to walk out. All right. He probably sees me through the window, but I'll like quickly pretend I wasn't listening and, and knock. He says, you're welcome to come in. 
I'll just kind of like open the door, but stay outside of it and be like, ah, my, my detention finished. So I was just going to leave. The gentleman there is, you know, he's sort of like um, Southeast Asian. He's pretty tall, about six foot. He has um, a little mustache uh, that kind of goes into a goatee and he is wearing a vest and brown slacks. He looks fairly like meek in his demeanor, but you can tell that he's been sweating. Um, and he tries to dab that away. Sir, um, Mr. Baldwin, I'm so, I'm so sorry. Yes. Yeah. No, you, you that was, wow, that was, was already four hours, huh? Yeah, it went by so fast. <laughs> went by so fast. He just kind of looks at you and he's like, yeah, oh. And then he kind of looks down as if he should tell you something, but he can't, clearly can't remember it. He's like, ah. Are, okay. are you okay? Um, yes. There was something I was supposed supposed to tell you and he kind of looks up at the ceiling and then looks back at you after a moment well it's gone it's just gone and he, he's just shaking his head in his own disappointment so like i can go oh yes i'm so, I'm so sorry yes thank you um and he kind of Points, puts his hand up as if he's about to like tell you off. He even, even he even has a finger out. But then again, you notice that he can't remember what he should be telling you, and he's like, um, and and don't don't do whatever you did again because you did you did something, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Of course, <laughs> you're in detention. That's how that works. Okay. Yeah, don't do that again, whatever uh, that was, which I do remember what it was. So, oh, okay, have yeah. a great day. <laughs> yeah, what was, this, what was this guy's name again? Randolph, Mr. Randolph. Randolph. Okay. He sort of puts his hand on his head. It's very clear he's had a long day, and probably that whole conversation that you kind of just witnessed has taken the rest of, of it out of him. He's having a hard time functioning. All right, I'm going to get out of there. Okay. You close the door and he kind of stands in there still. If you're still looking out in the window, he kind of just takes a seat, kind of flops on the chair. Tired. Where would you like to go next? I think I'll probably just go home. Okay. You head down the stairs and as you are heading down the stairs, someone is heading up the stairs. It is uh, the principal. Miss, what did I name her? No, there she is. Okay. She goes by Miss Pink Pinkert, um, but we'll also take Mr. Pinkert. Okay. She comes up the stairs and she just kind of smiles at you. She is a fairly, even though you're fairly short, she's about the same height as you. She's very short and she is a, a quite an older uh, woman, but she has good amount of makeup on and glasses and her hair is in like a kind of a messy bob. It usually always is. She wears kind of a quirky, like fun outfit. It's kind of like, it has like electric blue and it's like a black shirt and she has like red pants. Mrs. Pinkert is an interesting character, but you've always kind of liked her because she's kind of really the only person in this school who has consistently treated you, you know, with respect and like a regular teenager. And so she kind of is coming up the stairs and she's actually holding a big box, a box that seems to be a little bit bigger than her, but she's, she's got it. She, she's holding it. She's coming up the stairs. You can hear like the little tip of her flats 
And she just kind of looks over the back at you. And she just goes, oh, Duke, honey, sweetie, could you grab this for me? Uh, yeah, yeah. I was hoping to just like sneak by, but um, <laughs> I don't say that. Yes. <laughs> kind of like slump my shoulders and, and grab the box and carry it up for her. Uh, she she lets it go and she kind of like shakes her hand like woo you know i used to be able to to carry those a lot easier but these days but you know i I still kind of got it up the two flights so and she kind of just looks at you honey what are you doing here so late and she kind of looks at her watch as you guys go up the stairs uh i had detention you guys are at the top of the stairs now. Um, her office is just on the other side of the lounges, and she kind of mm-hmm. stops and looks at you. Detention? For what? Nothing, really. Mm. She cocks her head at you and gives you that look of, yeah, that's not going to work. And she sort of uh, puts her hands on her hips. Now, now I know you, you've been going through some things, and that's all right. We've talked about that, right? Yes. But now I don't want this to affect your future, you know? So if you ever need anything, I'm always available. Thanks. It's, it's fine. You know, I, I did detention. It's over. It's, it's all good. Okay. Well, now I got to get stern with you. I don't <laughs> want to see you in detention again. And she sort of puts her hand up in a wagging fashion. Okay. Technically, you didn't see me in detention this time. Okay, enough of a smart mouth. Just put the box on the table. And she, as she's saying this, she opens up the door and she sees Mr. Randolph sitting there. He looks exhausted. Literally, his head is flopped back. And he kind of sits up to attention when he sees you two walk in. And she sort of looks at him and is like, Mr. Randolph, what are you doing in here? And she kind of looks at him and then looks at you. And he looks at you and then looks at her. <laughs> And, it's, and there's just an, an awkward weirdness here uh, that you have n- no business understanding what it is. And he, uh, Mr. Randolph, just kind of looks at both of you. Miss, uh, Miss Pinkert, this young man had detention. I, was, I had to, you know, open the door and be chaperoned. But he's done now. So he's, he's uh, I, thought he was, he, I thought he was heading out. He kind of looks at you. And he sees you have a box, but... You notice he, he's been a little scatterbrained lately. Mm-hmm. Adults are weird. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Pinker just kind of looks at him. She kind of shakes her head at him, clearly seeing that he's also a bit of a mess right now. And she's just kind of like, Roger, because that's his first name. Go home. And she kind of looks at you and she, she, you would think she would probably like curb her words a little bit more seeing as she's in front of a student but you know that Mrs. Pinkert is not really that type of person and she just kind of looks at you and and kind of points you towards her office door for you to put that on her desk and as you guys are walking past uh, Mr. Randolph she just kind of looks at him and she's like you look an absolute mess All right, go home, get yourself together, take a vacation man, my goodness and he's as you walk past, you kind of see his face get all crestfallen and he gets disappointed in himself. And he kind of stands up all sad. And you walk into Mrs. Pinker's office. Her office is an explosion of crazy colors. You've been in here a couple of times, 
But it, you seem to think every time you get in here, it gets worse. And there also continues to grow a, a disturbingly, um, disturbingly large amount of knickknacks. She's not a very organized person. And her whole office is kind of an explosion of stuff. And as you guys walk in, she just tells you, yeah, put, just, uh, just set it there. Thank you. Uh, and then as you are setting it down, she picks up something um, that she is, she, she walks over to. Do you set it down on the, the table as she asks them to see? Yeah. Yeah. And she turns around to you and, and takes your hand without even asking. She just kind of cups your, your hand and puts something in it. And she goes, now you hold on to this because I know that in the future, it's going to be very useful for you. And she sort of closes your hand around it and smiles at you. And she goes, and stop being in detention. Okay? Do we agree? I'll try not to. That's not what I asked, but I will take <laughs> it. And then she kind of pats your hand and goes to her desk to start rummaging through whatever was in that box. Okay. Thanks, Mr. Pinkert. You're very welcome, dear. Say hello to your father for me. Okay. I'm going to get out of there as fast as I can. <laughs> yeah. You can't get out there too fast. You, you walk past uh, the history professor one or history teacher one last time out in the hallway because he is taking Mrs. Pinkert's uh, advice and he is going to go ahead and go home. He's kind of moving a little slow and kind of his uh, shoulders slouched, but he's walking down the stairs to the entrance, just like you are. Yeah, I'll try to like probably try to calculate if I could walk a little bit slower or a little bit faster and not be near him, but then end up being like right next to him anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is a, a slightly awkward, silent walk as you walk next to this professor who is clearly going through some things and <laughs> he doesn't even look up or, or look over at you. He's just kind of in his own world as you two walk out of the apartment. I mean, or walk out of the school. And that is where we will end your adventure, Duke. Can I take a look at what's in my hand? Hmm. Do you want to do that before you get home? Yeah. Okay. As you are walking outside with the item still in your hand, you kind of open it. And it seems to be some sort of trinket. It's made of metal or maybe, maybe pewter. It's old and kind of lumpy, but it seems to look like some sort of a piece. Like a piece to something else. Although you don't know what it would fit. and You're not really sure why she would give you a piece without giving you the other piece. But it looks kind of cool, you know? It's given, it's given um, like antique metal. It's kind of interesting. You just don't know what you would do with it. Yeah. Probably thought it was going to be something cooler and like just stare at it for a minute and then shove it in my pocket. Yeah. You leave with your, your trinket and your kind words and your befuddled uh, history teacher, which who kind of goes to the left and goes to his car as you leave. And that is. Now we're going to end your lunch. <laughs> All right. Okay. Willow. Yeah. For you, you are starting at home, but you are starting in your bed 
and it's nighttime and you're having a dream of sorts. It's a dream of you at the park, your favorite park, Clementine Park. It has a baseball diamond there. They have really nice tall trees. It used to be a part of Clem Woods, and so you really like Clementine Park. Uh, it was a part of Clem Woods a long time ago, and now it's its own park. It's right on the other side of like your housing, and you really enjoy going there. For some reason right now, as you are deep in sleep, you are having a dream about you being at Clementine Park, and you are kind of stooped over, kind of talking to something, but you don't see the something. In your dream, you are third person. So you are seeing yourself in the park, stooped over, talking to something you can't see. And there's nothing else you kind of see in the dream other than this. And you also don't hear anything until at the very end of the dream, just as you're about to wake up, you hear a train whistle. When you do wake up, you're in your room again. It is probably like midnight. It's fairly dark in your room, but there's a beautiful, huge moon out of your window. And also outside of your window, you see something you thought you would never see again, which is the Eldera. It's almost as if it's parked right outside your window. And for a moment, you wonder if you're still in a dream. What do you do? She's gonna off her bed. She's like gonna be like staring at the window the whole entire time, and she's like gonna go over to the. <laughs> she's gonna go over to the window and look out at the train, and open it up and like climb out the window. You shimmy over to the window in your pajamas and pull open the the window. And as you saw from your bed, right there is the Aldera. Crazy. It's a pretty large steam antique train. It has a beautiful, like, lacquered black finish on it, on the engine part, and then a little tiny sleeper that is attached to it that is painted green. Uh, you've only ever seen it every year they take it out for the festival, and so it's very strange that it's right outside your window, but sometimes your dreams are weird like that. So as you climb out and, and feel the grass on your feet, you realize that this is a weird dream. I mean, this almost feels like real grass. And this also almost feels like real wind. And those moon looks pretty realistic. Man, the graphics of this dream is amazing. The graphics of this dream is amazing. <laughs> the graphics of this dream is amazing. Yeah, but she, she doesn't say that. She's probably just, like, silent the whole time. Probably has more of, like, a blank expression. It's just, like, looking at it. And probably would, like, walk up to it and touch it. See, see if she could feel it. You walk over to the edge of where your lawn is, which is where the train is parked. And at this point, when you, as you get close, you realize that it's definitely still a train, but as you get closer, it almost seems to get smaller. In fact, it is getting smaller. Actually, every step you take, it's like shrinking half the size 
and then even smaller and then even smaller and then even smaller so that by the time you actually get up onto the train, it is the size of a little toy. She's going to stoop down and pick it up. You pick up this little train toy and as you're holding it in your hand, you realize it's not the Eldera at all. It's the train from that game you guys played many years ago. What was it called? The Red Bridge, you think? Weird. It's a cute little metal train, clearly for a board game. And you have your pajamas on, so I don't know if they have pockets. I don't think they do. So you don't have anywhere to pocket it, but you can hold it in your hand. Yeah, she would probably just like hold it in her hand, kind of like looking at it, like moving it back and forth in between her hands. So it's like examining it. You are examining this train and... As you're kind of looking at it and looking around it, you're starting to remember things from many years ago. You're starting to remember the train, the board, the box it came in, the bridges, and the coins. You're starting to remember the game and the adventure. You're also starting to hear someone calling your name it's a little tiny voice very soft sounds cute or sweet it's sound is kind of on the wind but it's coming from clementine park and it's just going willow willow she would like look in the direction and just call back hello You see nothing in the direction you're looking, but you hear it call out for you again. She'd probably, like, glance back at her house, debating, like, going back to her room to, like, put on socks and shoes or something. And then just, like, shrugs and starts walking towards the park. You make your way to the park a short walk. It is dead quiet outside, for it is around midnight. Um, And usually nobody's out in the hills this time of night. But you make your way to Clementine Park in record time. Actually, it only seems to take you a couple of steps. Hmm. Dreams are weird. And in no time, you're in Clementine Park. And you are kind of standing on the edge of the park. And the entrance is essentially where these benches are up north. And so as you enter the park, you've been to this park several times. So you know that there's like a little tiny statue in the middle of the park or in the middle of this walkway. There are some benches you can sit, some trees. There's like a bit of a promenade where like performers can perform. Um, And then there's an intersection where there's the main uh, walkway intersects with other walkways and right now you are walking towards the center of this particular walkway that is the entrance from where you usually uh, enter clementine park from your house it is fairly dark obviously but very very empty still from what you can see there are lights that line the main walkway but you don't see anyone And you kind of stop to kind of wait to hear if you'll hear the voice again, but you don't right away. She's going to continue walking towards the statue and she's going to just call out hello again. 
You make your way to the center statue of the park. I mean, as you're looking around, again, you don't see anything, but you do say simply just hello, just to try and get the attention of whoever may have made that sound. And you receive a response, but it's not the response you thought you were going to get. It's a old man's voice. And he just goes, huh? And as you turn around to see who it is, there is a man that you have uh, seen here before because he works at the park and is uh, Mr. Wan. He is a very like short and fairly stout man with a big bushy gray beard. And he has a, a huge brimmed hat that he usually only wears during the day. Uh, and you've actually only seen him at Clementine Park during the day because you don't come here at night. But he is wearing his uh, kind of overalls uh, and he's holding a bag and like a little picker-upper thing <laughs> for like trash. Um, so it looks like he's working. Um, he's just kind of standing in one of the sections of the park. Uh, looks like he was mid-picking up some something and he kind of turns around to look at you. He finally looks at you when, when he looks to see who said it and he goes, What? is a child doing in the park at midnight i i heard someone calling me so i came here to see who it was okay okay he he sets down his his little uh picker upper in his in his bag and he just slowly walks over to you like literally with his hands up i'm sorry sweetie say that one more time you heard someone calling you Okay, and then you followed them into the park at midnight. Is and am I hearing this correctly? I mean, it was a very tiny and cute voice. Okay, okay, this is not it's not getting any better. Not getting any better. Let's let's get you home, right? Because because of obvious reasons of why you should not be in the park by yourself, uh, following cute voices, right? But. I want to find out who it was. He sort of looks looks around. I don't know what to tell. It, it wasn't me. It was not me. And I don't see anyone else here. Do you? She would like kind of look around and just like slowly shake her head a little begrudgingly. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. Yeah. So let, let's. And he kind of looks down at you for a moment and then looks back up. You don't have any shoes. Shoes are for the weak. Okay. What household are, are you from, small child? Small child. <laughs> she like just points to her house. It's like across the street. Like, uh, con. Ah. He his face. It was originally very very worried and anxious at this whole situation, but it actually melts a bit when you say your name, and he. You notice on his face he kind of has a a sad happiness as he realizes who you are. Ah, okay. You're Willow. Yeah. Yes. Okay. This this makes so much more sense. Yes. I knew your mother. You did? Mm. Oh yes, yes, yes. Wonderful woman. Mm-hmm. And very special. As you know, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, since you're here, do you mind helping me with something? I don't mind. Well, and he puts his his fingers together. 
I have this friend. He's a bit wily, this one. But I think you'll be able to find him better than I will. He's hard to miss. Has a furry tail and is all black and uh, topaz yellow piercing eyes. Is it the cat? <laughs> it is a cat. It's not a monster. I'm not sure why that's your second choice because there are other animals, but it is a, it is a cat. I mean, um, the monster was my first choice, but I, <laughs> I just figured it was a cat since I think hmm. I saw one early, but I'm not sure. The first choice. Interesting. Okay. He sort of looks like he's regretting his choices at this moment, but he continues on. He's like, yes, I have yet to be able to find out its name, but perhaps you can find it. Right? So Yeah, I can do that. Just um, stay in this area, but, but look around. If he likes you, he'll find you. Okay. I don't have any cat treats, though. He doesn't say anything. He actually just turns around to go back to his bag to pick up his belongings. What do you want to do? She like kind of like stands there for like a minute thinking, and it's like cats and trees, probably in a tree, and it just like goes over to like the tree that he's by and just starts climbing it. <laughs> okay, you begin to climb this tree. This is a pretty large tree. But you, you get into the tree, or you try to climb it at least, and you had walked past him to, for you to climb up. And as you get up there and look back down, you see that he has moved or gone somewhere, perhaps. You're not sure. But when you look down, he's no longer right below you. What are you doing up in the tree? Well, she's like, go first, like, look around in the tree, see if maybe she sees the cat. Then not uh, that she's going to, like, survey the area from her vantage point for the cat and also the person who is possibly calling her. Mm -hmm. You are up at the tree and you're kind of surveying the area. You don't see a cat. And as you are kind of looking in the trees, you don't see any animals, actually. Now that you have a moment to really listen and pay attention, you realize that you don't hear anything. It is completely silent here. And you also don't see anything moving. Not a bug, not a chipmunk, nothing. It is dead quiet. You also don't hear anything on the wind, but you do still hear your name. But this time it sounds more grounded. In fact, it sounds like it's coming direct from directly below you on the ground. Oh, she's going to look down then. She's like, hello? You look down and you do see something black. Perhaps a black cat? It, you can't really tell. It's definitely an animal, but it's, it's like the way it's sitting with all of its fours underneath its body. You just simply see a black body with ears and it's like a little puffball. She starts coming down. She's like, oh, hi, kitty. You come down. And you do indeed see a black furry animal. And as you say, hi, kitty, the eyes of this animal look at you, but it is not a cat. It's a bunny. Oh my gosh, so fluffy. And you like 
she like she doesn't she she's like stops herself from like running over and just like crashes down and so he moves over to it's like hi what are you doing here you're so pretty so fluffy uh the bunny watches you as it gets as you get closer it realizes you are getting closer but it doesn't seem too bothered it sort of readjusts itself to kind of like watch you approach it and it's gonna allow you to get as close as you want its ears are sticking kind of straight up. It is a pure midnight black bunny with a bushy little bunny tail. And it's quite small in comparison to maybe what other wild bunnies could look like. It looks more like a domestic bunny. So it just kind of looks at you as you get closer. Its nose twitching slightly. She, she like slowly moves closer to it, but like each time she moves closer to it, she gets lower onto the ground until she's like just crawling towards it and then like stops right in front of it. Just like kind of like staring at it, like examining it. It's like, oh, you're so, you're so pretty. Gosh, what are you doing here? You say to the black bunny, you're so pretty. What are you doing here? And you hear that voice again. You're so pretty. What are you doing here? She got, she lets out like an audible gasp and then just like smiles like a very talented bunny too. Yeah, that's it. Talented bunny talks. That makes sense. This is so cool. And she like kind of like reaches out a hand very slowly, just like the little thing to like allow it to sniff her before like slowly like petting its head. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. It washes your head. I mean, it washes your hand come towards it, and its ears kind of you know, move back a bit and it does kind of put its nose up to kind of see what is happening. Um, But once it realizes that it's not in danger, uh, its ears come back up and you are able to touch the top of its head. Your hands sink into fluffy, velvety softness, the softest uh, thing you've ever felt. And the bunny just kind of looks at you. And as it looks at you, it goes, Willow? In like a questioning way. She, she like continues paying it. She's like, yep, I'm Willow. Who are you? The bunny sort of cocks its head. Hmm. You can make a grit roll to try to figure out how to decipher what this bunny is thinking. Okay. It's going to be opposed. Oh my gosh. Okay, well that's... <laughs> Okay, well, that was insane. This little black bunny (laughs) rolled Max twice. So. I told you it's a talented little bunny. (laughs) So what are you trying to figure out from this response that the bunny kind of gave you? Of just kind of a a slight head cock and just kind of looking at you when you ask the question of what their name is. Like, I guess she was, like, trying to figure out, like, if it's confused or curious or just, like, what what its mood is. Mm-hmm. And she was, just like, petting its head, like, so soft. Very soft. It's, its mood isn't confused or it's more, it understands the question, but it doesn't have an answer. She kind of just, like... She, like, copies its head tilt. She's like, do you not have a name? Do you need a name? The bunny sort of just kind of, like, wiggles an ear. But again, seems not to have an answer. She kind of just, like, hums. 
She's like, hmm, are you okay with me giving you a name? They blink twice and then again says nothing. Well, I'm going to call you midnight. You say out of your mouth, I'm going to call you midnight. And all at once, this dream becomes not a dream. Like the silence that was there disappears and you hear wildlife again in the park. The stillness that was in the air is no longer still. You can feel now that it's quite chilly tonight and you are walking barefoot. So now you're freezing. It was a feeling you weren't feeling, but it was affecting you. So your toes are cold and you just have your pajamas on. So you're, you're getting a little chilly. You can now really feel the gravity that you are sitting here or crouched here talking to this bunny. Uh, you can really feel the ground under your feet. And of course, when you look up over the bunny's face or over the bunny's ears, you see Mr. Juan standing there. He's still holding his bag and his uh, little picker-upper, but he is standing there silently, simply smiling, watching this interaction. And the bunny just sort of lets its ears twitch and its nose twitch, and it hops away. Oh, there goes the bunny. Was that the animal you wanted me to find? Uh, Mr. Juan comes over, and he just sort of pats you on your head with, like, the, the edges of his fingers. He just goes, yes, yes, good job. I think we should get you home now. All right. It's cold out. And, and uh, he walks you home. You get home, and, you, and he stands on the, the sidewalk to make sure that you get into your, you go back through your window and close the window. And as you hop into the room, turn around to close the window, he is once again gone. But you are back in the safety of your room and still in your hand is the little metal train. She's kind of going to like look at it again, like toss it in her hand. It was like, is this still a thing? And then she's going to uh, go underneath her bed, pull out the little box and stick it with the little bridge. You open your little box, stick the train in with the bridge, put that back under, and fall off to sleep that same night. And I think that is it for your adventure, Willow. So Juke and Willow, quite the adventurous duo. But you two have had one heck of a day or night. How very fun. Thank you all for listening. We hope you are enjoying the campaign. Don't forget that you can listen to the podcast on the Aging Journey podcast website, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Links will be in the description below. Don't forget to follow or subscribe. You can also support the podcast on Patreon or join our Discord. Enjoy the journey.